Welcome to the Refuge City Church Midweek Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Thrower, the lead pastor of Refuge City Church. So let's get into Sunday Sermon. This was Sunday Sermon. I want to focus on verse 21 of Philippians chapter 1 mainly because I couldn't get into this because my three-year-old was on the front row telling me to hurry and stop talking. Uh, That's another uh, conversation for another day. Uh, Paul says this in verse 21, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, this is a pearl in the story of the Bible. Uh, This is probably one of the most quoted and highlighted tattooed verses the entire Bible. But I don't know if if the coffee cups and tattoos really grasp the weight of what Paul is saying here. Um, He's sitting in jail, remember, facing a very real possibility of death, doesn't know when, and he's able to say, you know what? Both are win-win situations. To live is to glorify Christ and spread his kingdom. Um, To die is to be with Christ. Uh, This is just wild if you just stop and think about it. For most of us, I assume it would be a challenge to respond this way if faced with the same choice. Um, I, for one, personally enjoy life here. You know, it's it's wonderful. Um, but what Paul puts on display here is that for those of us in Christ, we win either way. If this happens, I win. If that happens, I win. There are different pros, but either way, I win. When Christ is my life... Nothing can take away my life. I serve Jesus. I die to be with Jesus. To live is Christ. To die is game. This is the epitome of Roman language. In the Greek, it's tazon Christos ta apathano kardos. Um, And don't ask me how many takes it took for me to get that right. Now, in context, this letter would have been read out loud to the church. And when they heard this, this would have really stuck out to them. Um, it's also worth pointing out that there weren't verbs, uh, verbs like ours in the Greek. In other words, so it would read, to live the king or to live Christ, to die, gain. This is a bomb that dropped on the Roman way of life. It is treason. To live the king, to die, gain. Charles Spurgeon put it like this, Paul's words mean more than most men think. They imply that the aim and end of his life was Christ. No, his life itself was Jesus. In the words of an ancient saint, he did eat and drink and sleep eternal life. In other words, Jesus was his very breath, the soul of his soul, the heart of his heart, the life of his life. I live for the king. My existence is for the king. And martyrs for thousands of years found this verse very inspirational. Um, martyrs were witnesses of the gospel and were willing to die for Christ. In fact, if you were a martyr, you did die for Christ. I think of Polycarp, uh, who was a pastor in Smyrna in the ancient church, first century church. He watched his brothers and sisters die for their faith until the Roman Empire finally got to him at the old age of 86. They told him, recant your faith in Jesus and pledge your faith to Caesar. Uh, Polycarp is recorded to say, for 86 years I have been his servant, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? 
So they tied him up and burned him alive, except the fire wasn't killing him, so they took a sword and killed him. Polycarp understood to live the king, to die gain. Now notice what he says, and I'll end this segment with how Paul started in verse 21. For, to me, to live. When he says to me, this is out of his personal conviction, birth from his personal relationship with King Jesus, meaning it's our salvation. It's our one-on-one time with God. It's our conviction. It's our walk with the Lord. But he says to live. That's the outworking of that personal conviction, personal relationship with King Jesus. In other words, our faith in Christ is personal, but Paul didn't say for me to live as cowering in a bunker or to live as to be silent in the face of sin. No, to live. He'll later say that he'll live for the progress of the saints and for their joy. So yes, it's your personal salvation, but yes, also to the fact that people will lose when you keep it to yourself. So you wake up for the king and you live for the king in a way that is seeing your community and city transformed by the power of the gospel. And now our current event. I want to talk about something that may get me in a little bit of trouble, um, but my personality is just that I go for the jugular. Uh, Not to be offensive for offensive sake, but I ain't got time to dance around the issues, especially when eternity is in the balance. And I'm also not doing this because June is Pride Month, which if you've never thought about it, the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 18, that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. But anyway, I think I'm digressing. I want to talk about a bill that passed uh, the House a couple of months ago and fortunately is stalled in the Senate, which is the H.R. 5 bill, or also known as the Equality Act. If you're a Christian and you haven't heard about this, you, you need to stand by and allow me to explain. The Equality Act, or the H.R. 5, seeks to create a new protected class for people experiencing same-sex attraction or gender discordance from discrimination of any kind. Um, It has an appealing name, but it does not actually support equality for everyone. To the contrary, it targets people of faith for whom human sexuality is not merely a matter of personal opinion. Um, Several advocates, several advocates for the Equality Act claim that the proposal allows both sexual freedom and religious freedom to coexist. Doing so, get this, by understanding faith primarily, if not entirely, as a private expression in one's heart. In other words, it's okay that you're a Christian and don't agree with their lifestyle. You're just not allowed to talk openly about it. Um, This bill does not even recognize the sacred rights of religious congregations, communities, or denominations. In fact, it would discriminate against people of faith, Uh, This legislation has been called the most invasive threat to religious liberty ever proposed in America because it's intent to mandate understandings of sexual orientation and gender identity as expectations for all aspects of society. Um, Anyone who maintains um, a traditional understanding of human sexuality, gender identity, and marriage will no longer be allowed to disagree out of goodwill and commitment to one's beliefs but will be treated as one guilty of discrimination. As a result of this legislation, for example, if a Baptist church uh, rents its banquet hall for certain events, uh, they will be mandated to host events that they may consider immoral in their facility. Um, Let me just say this. I personally think that every person should be treated with dignity. I'll say that again so the folks in the back can hear me. I personally think that I personally believe 
that every person should be treated with dignity. But mark my words, I will not allow the government to force their woke agenda down the church's throat. We have been blessed with God's common grace in America um, that for now protects us. But as we can see from bills like H.R. 5, at some point this will no longer be the case. Uh, God has been incredibly merciful to the Church of America, but, and I'm not an alarmist, I think we could see our religious liberties in some way shrink, especially if the Senate does away with the filibuster, which will make way for this bill to be signed into law by Biden, which he said he would do. If that's the case, and let's give a hypothetical here. What if in order for us to meet and gather as a church, we'd have to abide by the government's definition of religion, sexuality, which in this case would be agreeing to H.R. 5? I hope we would have the boldness to stand up and say, no, Jesus is king. We will continue to gather anyway and proclaim our message of King Jesus unapologetically. So what happens? What, we get thrown in prison? Eh, Most likely. But we would join in with Paul and all of the saints and say to live the king, to die gain. Hey you, you've made it to the end of this podcast. Well done, good and faithful listener. If you liked what you just heard, we'd love for you to leave us a review. Also, if you have any suggestions for current events or suggestions about something you'd like to hear about, uh, find us on Facebook at Refuge City Church or on Instagram at Refuge Cedar City and drop us a message. Thanks again for listening to the Refuge City Church midweek podcast. Until next week, bye-bye.